Rix's fan cast is Tom Holland? <laughs> it is a period of civil war. The trans hosts of RuPalp's Padres have gone rogue to talk about the High Republic. Again. I swear we think and talk about other things. My name is Jess. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at Kawaii Jessio on TikTok and Twitter. And this week, we, we usually do, uh, you know, gender of the week. But since this is Rogue Ones, this time we're going to be answering the question, which of the High Republic Jedi would we like to be Padawans under? And um, I think I had like a couple like of them in my head. Like the top choices for me were like Elzar and and Stellan. <laughs> One because Stellan is the the master for Vern, and he did such a good job with Vern. But also, I think maybe actually Vern just taught herself, and she was already an epic girl boss. So, hmm. and then Elzar because I relate to Elzar, so I was like maybe he would be a good master. But at the same time, he has a lot of issues. So maybe not Elzar. I think in the end, I actually am going to go with... No, I was going to say Skier, but I was like, no, Skier's going through it. We're going back to Elzar, yeah. Final answer, Elzar. I like that you got to Elzar through process of elimination. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that for you. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on pretty much every social media at Ollie Fresh, a fresh with a PH. And the Jedi that I would want to be a Padawan under, I've sort of tossed around a lot of options, but I have landed on, I believe, Nibiseek. I just think she has fun, like, like grandma energy, but like cool grandma. Um, like, I feel like she'd let, let you do things your parents wouldn't let you do. Um, but I also feel like we would vibe. Like, she seems pretty chill, but she also seems like she's not afraid to kind of tell you what's up and be like, hey, cut that shit out, which I can appreciate in a person. Hello, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex um, and everywhere else on the internet at Melvin Culpa. The Jedi I would like to train under if I were a Padawan in the High Republic. Um, so I, I find myself a little conflicted because the Bell Zedifar Kinney in me is like, I think maybe Loden alternatively i think indira just simply think that i would also just get along with her as like as her being a mentor and a teacher but at the end of the day if i had to choose one i think cantum sai um which is not me being like oh i want to be part of yoda's jedi lineage <laughs> um because that is not it actually uh i i think that cantum from the little that we have like gotten from their their perspective which is not like necessarily their perspective but like what we've seen of them um they just seem very epic and fun and they're there to be a good teacher and i respect that um and being on the star hopper would be fun to be fair i am like outing myself as someone who does not hate yoda i think yoda is okay um but that's like one of yoda's many branching like (laughs) like lineages unfortunately the lineage with uh dooku something went wrong there Uh, (laughs) so okay so i also agree i don't think yoda is like horrible i think if they had just let yoda be a teacher and not have him be in charge of the jedi order he probably would have been fine um but i do love the um the virgin dooku 
Yoda, like Yoda Dooku lineage versus the Chad Yoda Cantum Psy lineage. Um, I do also think something very funny is the concept that Yoda has only ever trained trans Padawans before. And then he got to Dooku and they were like, the only one we have left is Sis. And he was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Okay, fine. And that's why, and he, <laughs> that's why Dooku, Dooku's lineage ended up like that. And then when Dooku left the Jedi Order and Yoda found out he was part of the, the fucking separatists and the confederacy <laughs> of independent systems and he's like oh, sis <laughs> down with sis yoda is driving the down with sis bus i'm obsessed with it um, he should yeah I, okay let me make this clear i don't think i actually hate yoda I, i've been thinking about this a lot this specific like last week um Friend, friends of the podcast, uh, Star Wars English class, Fern and Julia, um, we were having a conversation the other day about, like, that that lineage, and I do think it was Dooku who fucked up. Like, Yoda, sure, was Dooku's teacher, but at the end of the day, there is something about, like, an oligarch who thinks he's better than everyone being a Jedi. That is kind of problematic, and that is not Yoda's fault. That is, that is Dooku being being little dooku yoda really said hmm fix him i can oh i do think about since uh, mel and then friend of the pod like star wars english class hosts fern and julia and then noah all of us watched uh revenge of the sith i almost oh said God. revenge of the sith i had to stop myself i mean is that not what that movie is yeah. about but no i was just thinking about uh fucking yoda being like fucking up and everything falling apart and Yoda being like <laughs> into exile I must go and I'm just like Yoda what? what the fuck but at the same time I think I do the same thing hey Mel yeah what's up with your name in the zoom chat do you want to okay. share with the class it is xx broken underscore dooku xx except for broken is spelled with a zero and a three and dooku is spelled with two zeros um that is what I do think that Dooku's username is everywhere. I hate that. Oh. I hate that. Okay, I do hate that Jocasta knew and him dated, and that was like her being like her high school boyfriend, and then she grew up and was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe." <laughs> anyway, let's talk I about the higher public. public. Oh my god, um, Yoda was there though. Um, also. I mean, okay. he, okay, wait, 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 let's talk he's about that a- real quick. He's there in the sense that he's there very briefly and then disappears in a fashion. He's, he's like, there for the first few issues. Of yeah, he's there for like the first arc and then it's like, I have to disappear. He's there in the same way that um <laughs> the Plo Koon is there and that he is alive, but we don't know where he is. Um, oh, show us Plo Koon in the High Republic. Plo Koon in the higher public, I'm so sorry for the person I would become if that happened, because truly, I would not talk about anything else ever. Um, POV, the fallen star is about Plo Koon. It's like how fucking Chief Tarful is also technically alive. Where is he? Show me this Wookiee. My god, Tarful. <laughs> like, the thing, it's like, oh yeah, Broke is R2-D2 knows everything. Woke is that Tarful knows everything. <laughs> What if Tarful's actually related to Burry? This is my new headcanon. Oh my god, Tarful's Burry. Oh my god! Okay, sorry, this is niche, but like how Thrawn's sister was taken. 
It's like furry, furry is Torpal's brother who got taken because he was force sensitive. Oh my god, I love all those parallels between Torpal and Thrawn. I hate you. Um, do we want to talk about the Hierophant? I guess. Uh, The Rising Storm? Is that where we're starting? Yeah, so just so everyone knows, we are going to talk about, and there will be spoilers through everything that has come out thus far. Except Um, for Tempest Runner and Age of Balance. Yeah, we aren't going to get into those. Um, So, but today specifically, we're talking about the Rising Storm, Higher Public Adventures, Race to Crash Point Tower, and Out of the Shadows, as well as some other fun stuff. Um, But those are what the spoilers are for. Also technically a treasury of like... (laughs) life day or whatever the heck that just came out to we're not talking about that but that yeah. i guess is also technically a canon story so here's here's my spoiler for that um that book i have not read it but this is what i do assume stellan geos is doing in that uh that book i do think that he has realized that life day is happening and he has not gotten his grand padawan emory canteros uh a gift so he's gonna go to the store and get him some i don't know a root fel- freaking root- last minute <laughs> And, and he's just trying to get him a fruit roll-up he's not even trying to get him a real gift he's like what do kids want fruit roll-up like, right i do like the idea of stellan opening his wallet and being like oh i haven't been I, my council member um my council member um pension has not been put into my account yet we don't have I, uh, <laughs> we don't have direct deposit we have to we get checks and we have to put them in. Stellan deposited his check and he's like, oh, I don't have access to it. And Elzar's like, why don't you just use your credit card? He's like, I don't have a credit card. I do like the idea of Elzar like taking out a credit card in Stellan's name and not telling him. And then being like, so actually you do. It is do. in some debt though. So Not Elzar do. making Stellan have bad credit. <laughs> the idea of um, Master Rosacen um calling like they call like a council meeting and they're like master geos we have to talk about your the debt you recruit and he's like what and like you need to have a credit score over 700 to be on the jedi council um and you are fifty thousand credits in debt <laughs> and he's like what, what i don't i'm a very frugal spender i don't even have a credit card and they're like hmm? well wow funny, funny story about that actually you do I'm just like <laughs> Then he has to talk to Elzar, being like, Elzar, identity theft is, is a crime. Stellan Star is about Stellan trying to figure out who stole his identity and why he's... The Fallen Star is him falling because he's in debt. Yeah, it's, it's his star on his credit <laughs> Fallen credit score. I do like the celebrity. I like... I do like GoFundMe celebrity... Stellan Geos. He's like, hey guys, my best friend um did fuck up my credit score. So if you guys could donate to my GoFundMe, because I am a Jedi and I don't get I have money to spend, but not that much money. So if you could just like help me there, goodbye. The idea of him <laughs> Stellan Geos does cameos. I was just about to say Stellan Geos does cameos. Are you fucking kidding me? No, the idea of Stellan having to do a cameo and Vern having to help him set up his account and he's like okay so what do I say and she's like they sent you everything it's all right there and he's like okay so wait what do I say not Stellan being like bad at like technology dad and needs his fucking daughter to to set up everything boomer oh Stellan god. is everything to me oh my god Vernestra showing him like <laughs> images on the hollow net and he's just like oh is that your friend <laughs> oh is that he sees like 
Hepburn shows him like a space TikTok and he's like, is that Reese? And she's like, no. Stop. Okay. The way I was going to be like, <laughs> the way that Vern like shows him a video of the fucking yodel boy from Walmart and still in his like, is that Reese? And she's like, no. In what world would that be Reese? He's like, oh, wait, you're right. They're younger and they're blonde. Is that Emery? Is that grandpa the one? He's like, oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't know Imri had such a nice singing voice. And she's like, Master. No. Elzar is like, still um, here, look, follow me on TikTok. He's like, hmm. I don't know what that is. I do think that Elzar has if he has a TikTok, it is much like Quinlan Voss's, where I think he's just doing like backflips or some bullshit. I do like subscribe to Elzar Man's only mans not only mans get out of here anyway um, speaking of only mans elzar does get a little bit nsfw in this book oh my god um, yes he canonized um having sex in star wars <laughs> move over padme and anakin elzar yeah. fucks i do like one of those like clickbait articles like those like that are like oh did did the higher public just canonize sex in star wars not clickbait um, and it's a picture of Elzar Man with a picture of Anakin crying Photoshop next to him. Um, because that's like what all of those clickbait articles look like. I don't know why. Technically, they already funny. talked about sex, though, in, oh, in Into the Dark. You're so. right. Well, to be fair, Reith said they don't. So Reith well, said they don't have yeah. sex. So it, so they decanonized it again. Reith decanonized it and then Elzar canonized He brought it out of Legends. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the Rising Storm? Actually? Um, yes, I mean we got like one. We got into like the the big thing. Just kidding. That's not the main Elzar, thing. Of this the yeah. Elzar fucks. Um. Good for him. Yeah. Um, except it didn't feel super. It felt bad. I, it did feel bad. Feels, feels he bad, woke man. up alone in bed and he was just like, "What the fuck happened?" He's like, "What year is it?" Um, I I do like the fact that we do have canon like ass out Elzar man. Like he just was like, yeah. <laughs> fuck where are my pants goodbye anyways <laughs> yeah i did i did like that um let's talk about a little bit about like the crux of that story which is the republic fair um republic fair man what's going on with that um i do think it's very funny so i okay so for those of you who've read the rising Storm, <laughs> um there is a part in towards the beginning i believe in like chapter I want to say 10 or 11. It's in those first, like, first, like, 15-ish chapters where they are having, uh, Chancellor Lena So is having a council meeting or um, a Senate meeting and the shipyard that is holding the very special ship that they have does get attacked. Um, and I do think it's very funny when Senator a tune is like hey girl maybe this is not a good idea and he's obviously very selfish about it and he is like it's all like he is talking about it from like a financial perspective and she's like no it's a sign of solidarity and I'm like girl like I do love you but she does have a line where she says um I don't remember what the exact line is but she says something along the lines of like Hetzal is stronger than it was before the events of the hyperspace incident and I'm like hey bestie like 20 million people died on one planet a lot more died across the galaxy like lena girl i love you but and that's the thing too i'm not sure how much of a commentary they're trying to do on like the how the elite don't actually experience the problems of the 
poor. Yeah. I think that that is actually a central thesis of the book is, yeah. is that. Um, because I, I think it's one about failure and like ignorance. Um, yeah. Because we, we see it basically throughout not only just like Lena So's like whole plot line, um, but like Elzar's failing of like, if he reached out to people, they are there for him. And he need he needed to like come to accept that. Um, but because he didn't, he like went to Valo and he like, he just, he internalized all this shit. And then it became like a self-fulfilling process prophecy. Right. And then like Bell's whole thing of like holding on to this hope for Loden being alive and fine. And then it's like, Oh, Loden is fine. And well, just kidding. Fuck you. Yeah, but I do hate to agree with Tia too. But there was a moment where I was like, hmm, he do kind of have a point yeah, though. There's points where it's just like, okay, Toon has Toon is kind of right, but also <laughs> fuck fuck Senator Toon. Nine Nub is better than you. Yeah, and you'll never be Nine Nub. You'll never how dare you stand where he stood. Yeah, I'm just thinking about specifically also the scene where fucking he's He's with the the Chekats. Is that what their name are? The ch- the uh, fucking forgot their names. Anyways, um, but like Ty, Ty and- yes, yes, um, and like Ty is there, and he's like, oh, what the fuck have you guys brought me? <laughs> like, what were you <laughs> expecting, bestie? What what <laughs> what shady deal that is happening at the Republic Fair is like? Oh, this is gonna be above the board. That this, this um. random inventor was like come meet me at this location he may have been right about the republic fair being quite dangerous and a bad idea however that does not mean that he has common sense um the other thing that i am thinking about with that scene um where ty and everyone does meet ty almost murders elzar man she does almost break Stellan's nose, which is very funny. Um, I also do think it's very funny that the idea too in that scene is that device powered on, and that's the only reason she did not stab Elzar Man through the chest. Okay, but um, here's the problem. If you look at her lightsaber hill, it's still very pointy yeah. and sharp. I'm like, how deep in did she go? Because I do think the way that the book describes it, I assume it's a very superficial wound. Um, but I do think it's funny, the idea that she did shove, like, these three-inch long, basically, knives into his stomach. And he's like, I'm fine. Don't worry. He's just going to walk it off. He's like, eh, it is what it is. Stellan's like, oh my god, we need to get you to a hospital. And he's like, eh, it's whatever. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I also like that scene because, um, like, I, I, I live-tweeted my exact reaction when it happened. But, like, Belle and Stellan are having this conversation where Stellan's, like, trying to be very supportive and, like, I'm so sorry you're going through all of this. Like, this really sucks. And then he, like, his attention, like, goes somewhere else. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then, like, runs off. And Belle's like, I thought, can someone please support me? God damn. And he follows him and Elzar's like, who the fuck are you? I, yeah, I do love Elzar immediately sees Belle and is like, hmm. Get the, you're not supposed to be here. You are a little boy, little child. Get away. I'm the only one who's allowed to be a poor little meow meow right now. <laughs> Which does lead into what I was going to sort of pitch. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy about what is and what is not a poor little meow meow. And I can't explain it exactly, but I do believe Elzar Man falls into that category. Because he has a moral struggle. He's not a fascist. And... He's just going through it. He's just a poor little guy, you know? Okay, I will say that I will agree with you that 
Elzar man can be a poor little meow meow because I did, you know, look up the origins of poor little meow meowism and it was from the K-pop stands. And I'm pretty sure that BTS boy is not like a fascist or criminal. So everyone who keeps attaching poor little meow meow to fucking fascists or characters that have done really terrible things, you need to stop. <laughs> the K-pop fans are going to start gatekeeping. Oh my god. I'm not a K-pop stan. I just I saw the K-pop stands getting upset. Um, so I actually I would like to uh, accentuate that or accentuate punctuate that um by saying, yeah, I don't think Martian like I think it's funny to say Martian Rose a poor little meow meow, but he is not a poor little meow meow in this book really I think the ending of of the last uh, oh my god I said almost the last Jedi yeah do you guys remember that part of the last Jedi where Martian <laughs> Rose is there okay I'm wait s- okay actually though I did just think about it because there are actually like the parallels between the end of this book with Loden Bell and Martian and Ray Luke and Kylo Ren a little bit yeah oh um also, I will say one of the qualifications for being a poor little meow meow, in my opinion, is that you can't be in control of any given situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like Martian Ro has too much control. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Belle might be a poor little meow meow. My, my problem is mm-hmm. I don't think Belle has the moral struggle. He doesn't mm-hmm. have like a moral qualm where mm-hmm. Elzar does have that moment of like, where like he does. Maybe let I the should be evil now. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, actually, never mind. Hey, Ty, um, can you please do me a solid real quick? <laughs> she said, bonk you on the head stop being evil i was gonna say that like i don't know mark in this book was a lot because not only is there like the whole situation with with the republic fair but i just every scene that gentleman is in i get angry um like even like chapter fucking one where he's there with his cool little bird boyfriend man and he's meeting his aunt um i'm just like fuck you like he is clearly manipulating his bird boyfriend. I keep on forgetting that gentleman's name, so I just keep on calling him his bird boyfriend. Um, where, because I'm re-listening to The Rising Storm right now, and it, he's like, oh yeah, this is my friend. And the the bird, the birdman is like, oh, we're besties? Oh, that's so epic. Thank you so much. And then, like, you know, five chapters later, Mark does murder him in a passion. I mean, I, here's the thing. I did want to bring this up because... We do have um, a listener friend of the friend of the pod at Coughing Skywalker on TikTok, um, who when I said, hey, does anyone have anything they want us to talk about on the episode? He said, can you guys talk about Mark's bird boyfriend from the beginning of the Rising Storm? And I'm like, no, we cannot. But except for the fact that that was what I thought. I believe I was texting Mel when I was (laughs) when I was reading the book and i was like oh i like mark's little bird booty call and then i was like well no more birdie mark, for mark mark fucking like manipulated this poor birdman it's just like yeah sure i can be your boyfriend but not really i'm about to fucking end your life i can be your angle or your devil okay also can we talk about the fact too that this bird man apparently did like apparently mark did tell this man about mari like what is the like what okay i'm obsessed mark said, with, i'm like, i'm gonna kill this man so i'm just gonna let him in on all my i'm gonna trauma gonna dump on anyway. him i'm just like i w- i'm obsessed with the relationship these two have i'm like what is going on with you two um but speaking of mark being horrible so when they describe what was going on with Loden, not good 
It's pretty troubling. Deeply troubling. He was being tortured for a fucking year. That man didn't sleep for a year because fucking Mark is terrible. They held his eyes open for a year. And they cut his leku off. I was like, girl, this is cruel and unusual punishment. With his own lightsaber. lightsaber. Also, the way that he has not... Then he got up and walked away for a little bit. I was like, dang, Loden really is built different. They also, like, surrounded him with, like, other, like, prisoners that they were torturing to just amplify fucking Loden having to feel all that negative energy and just like what the fuck Mark my enemy why are you like that why would you do that to Loden I have a, a very specific memory um of a time in my life where I was in a situation where I was in uh I was being woken up every morning by someone playing we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel <laughs> every morning <laughs> And it did drive me a little crazy, so I do call that my hell song. And I do like the idea of <laughs> in, in Loden's prison situation, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel, keeps him awake 24-7. Um, anyways. I feel like, but well, here's the thing. I, I also feel like Eye of the Tiger would be a funny one, just because I feel like it needs a little spice um, for him specifically. You know, I feel like that's your song. We can't. It's not going to mean the same thing to Loden as it will to you. Um, they play taps. Now, like, that Mel mentioned that song, I'm thinking about, like, in Parks and Rec, Leslie, like, <gasps> nope, <laughs> fucking being like, I'm going to play Jerry's option. And it was that song. And being like, and, I, and I'm going to sing along, but I don't know the lyrics. And that's fucking Mark just going in and torturing Loden by singing that song, but not singing any of the words correctly. So Mark just coming up with different words to the tune of that song. I do like Lena So, <laughs> Targon, <laughs> Elzar Man, Ding Dong. I don't know any other words. <laughs> we th- That's it. <laughs> that's Mel's vocabulary. Wow. I love Elzar Manding. <laughs> wow, that's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite part from the Rising Storm is Elzar Manding. <laughs> that's like uh that put that in quotes um from um Samira. <laughs> that's what she said. I'm sorry, but Elzar Man does get pegged, so <laughs> absolutely his yeah, whole butt absolutely. was out. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just saying that it does feel accurate, supported Samira by the text. Is a, Samira is another epic girl boss of the High Republic. She, she, she is. pegged Elzar Man, and then later on when he awkwardly is just like, uh, hey, so about <laughs> um, us sleeping together, you know? And she's just like, yeah, no attachments. Can you leave? I'm trying to fucking work. I, yeah, that was truly a girl boss moment. She was really like, oh my god. That's so cool. Anyway, I have shit to do. Can you leave? And he's like, like, unlike mm. you, I have a fucking job. Yeah, I do really like Samira. I do like also how they managed to make like a scene where it shows like Elzar being like, I'm not sure what I'm doing with my life and not have it be like, oh, sex bad. And it, it wasn't like a very like, oh, sex is a um, like a, an allegory for evil, which I think a lot of media does. Um, and it also didn't reduce Samira to simply the object of his affections for the moment, which I really like. Like she was still a very like fleshed out and interesting character who I cared about aside from just being the person who pegged Bells our man. So I did I did like that. I thought that was kind of a nice, a nice change of pace. I still do have like 
kind of my issues with the idea of being like, uh, he's having a struggle morally. You know what we should do? Let's have him fuck. Um, just because I think that's so often used as a plot device for like, as an allegory for feeling like conflicted or feeling like the dark side. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, that's, hmm. More like the dork side anyways. I do like after that moment, fucking like, you know, Stellan also being there and he's like, hey, hey bestie, what was that about? <laughs> and Elzar being like, oh. <laughs> don't worry nothing. about it anyways don't worry about it. <laughs> when are we gonna get the high republic book where stellan and elzar go on their fucking epic uh bros therapy and relaxation yeah. vacation i do want to also talk about just like women in the rising storm um because i i like i tend to agree with you um i think that um samara like i i liked her outside of her being like oh hey girly and it really was refreshing because I when I was initially reading it I was like oh god like I I had been burnt (laughs) I'd been hurt once by Nan I was like oh god does Samira like work for the night like what's happening here I don't I'm scared because you know media tends to do this thing where it's like ah yes have woman have woman have sex she is evil um but she wasn't she was like I have a job to do goodbye and I, I, it's the same with um, the journalist character. I'm trying to remember her name. Real? Real Dyro. Yeah. She was like, I have shit to do. This is this is why I'm here. This is my job. Um, I'm going to run away from Lorna D and her comically large axe. <laughs> Goodbye. Do you like girl boss versus girl boss? That's very powerful. <laughs> not girl boss <laughs> and girl boss violence. <laughs> I mean, is that not the plot of The Rising Storm? I mean, yeah. When Lena So gets her shit rocked. Yeah. Yeah. By Lorna oh, D. By Lorna <laughs> D. Um, I do love that. Um, the other thing, I guess let's talk too about like fun Republic Fair moments. We did get a lot of like really interesting gay people in this book. Like we got to see Kit Ripso, who is Chancellor Lena So's son, be a little, have a little, go on a fun little date and sneak off with his yeah, fun, little, fun little buddy. Like, he's like, where is my son? With the other son. <laughs> They're having a little gay moment. Leave them I, alone. I also loved that. I loved Belle's involvement with that story <gasps> because it starts with Kitrip being like, I have to cock block Belle Zedifar right fucking now. Even though Belle was not trying to do anything. He was just like doing his job of being like, I am Belle Zedifar. I'm a Jedi. Hi, I'm just a, I'm just a little guy. And, and this is my Kit- dog. Yeah, and this is my epic dog. And Kitrip being like, no, I, he's too handsome. I gotta interfere. And then getting like saved by Belle and being like, oh, uh, we have trauma bonded. Great. Thank you. Bell in this book is just a breath of fresh air. Um, his whole story is so, it's so good. Like the ending truly, I think a lot of people, like, I think the thing about the rising storm is where it's like, oh yes, like this is all very real. And a lot of people are dying. And then the thing happens at the end. It's like, oh, it's over. <laughs> it just ends like that. Um, a little context. I was listening to the audiobook at work. Um, and I did finish it like two hours before I was off. I was like, well, now what do I do? Oh my god, life is meaningless. For my fun context, is I finished the rising storm immediately after the first half of the Bad Batch season one finale. So like you know, Camino was was destroyed and everyone was like, oh, fuck, this is really fucked up. And 
you know, everyone was like, okay, going to bed. I was like, okay, good night, friends. Time to finish this book. Okay. Sage was like, Jess, I think you should wait until until later to finish this. I was like, I gotta finish it right now. And and then I was like, what the fuck? No, now I'm even more sad. Okay, two things about that. One is the fact that <laughs> during the Bad Batch finale, um, spoilers for the Bad Batch, <laughs> when Omega is trying to pull Crosshair out of the water, that scene does happen with Belle and some guy. Yeah, <laughs> I do um, believe. I do believe we were we were watching the episode, and I I guess I also had to have been listening to you- the Rising Storm because I, I when we were watching it, I was like, oh, epic Belle's out of form. Oh no, yeah. it was part two. It was part two when Omega is like helping Crosshair that I was yeah. like, oh, this is a sick Bell ZFR reference. Yeah. Um Yeah, that so was powerful. fun because you finished it like what a day or two after me. Yes. But, um, my epic context for that reading that was I was just home and I was just listening to it. Um and I did have a mental breakdown after it because Bell and Loden were my are my favorite characters. And so I was like, fuck me. This hurts so badly. Um, I had a little bit of a mental breakdown, and then I immediately went into Crashpoint Tower. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think what was I going to say that was that was funny about this situation. Oh, I remember you live tweeting and me like responding to or no making a tweet being like me watching Mel's live tweets right now. It was like well, Kermit looking scared because everything's going so well, and then it just fucking shits and farts. At the very like last two chapters, um, but I have very distinct memory of seeing that tweet and then like shit hitting the fan, and then also that same exact day that I finished reading the Riding Storm, the Riding Storm, the Rising Storm, um, fucking Charles Soul had tweeted this pic like a picture of Loden Greatstorm and was like, "Can't I'm so excited to be writing." Loden again and so I thought that Loden survived the book and so I was going into it like oh my god thank god like this is a weight off of my fucking chest and then he fucking disintegrated and I was like fuck you I can't with this um so speaking of Loden uh Loden's ashes um I did want to say you Jess you mentioned Sage um so TikTok user at Sage Sindula friend of the pod did introduce us all to a fun theory about what we think the leveler is. Um, and I do want to say in this book, we do get a lot of stuff about the Nihil. Um, I think it's very fun and cool of Martian Road to commit chemical warfare against Panada. Um, <laughs> that's very cringe. And then he did try to do it to, to Loden and Loden said, girl, no, um, I'm going to simply jump away, which I can respect. So the leveler, Sage did say her theory, which is that the leveler removes force sensitivity and I think it makes sense considering the first part he's so sure to bring someone in this case Udi Diz who's the bird man who was force sensitive yeah his ex-boyfriend now ex-boyfriend um he was very careful to make sure that like he was force sensitive and how he was feeling the entire time and then at the end he was having at the end of like that portion of the story, Dis was like having kind of a moment where he was like, why am I not feeling the attacks coming? And why am I not doing X, Y, Z? And he did say like the force is different for him than it is for a lot of like Jedi because he was like, yeah, I feel the vibrations. It, it's, there was so much there, but I feel like it definitely makes sense that the leveler would be like a removal of force sensitivity. Yeah. And then um, the fact that they mentioned, you know, Loden 
thing turned to fucking ash. Uh, Kevin Scott, why would you do this to us? But, uh, but you know, he still kind of kept his shapes because they were like, oh, that's fucking Loden. But yeah, it touched that and he disintegrated into a pile of ash. So, you know, that epic moment, not epic moment, but that moment in Rebels, spoilers for Star Wars Rebels, at the end of season two when they're on, on Malachor and then there's all those like Jedi and Sith who like you think they're statues but no you, they touch that and they are fucking ash they crumbled away to a pile of ash do you think that's like the leveler caused that too or like something similar is going on here so I actually do have a theory about that and Mel and I were talking about it I think yesterday I believe that the leveler, because clearly we know in the beginning of the rising storm, Martian Rowe is talking to Kufa and he's like, yeah, this thing like still works and it's been frozen and it's all this stuff like about how it's like been long gone, but now it's coming back. We know that the Sith Wars happened like years and years and years, like hundreds of years ago. However many, I don't know. I'm a fake Star Wars fan. Um, but sure that's a- like during the old Republic, right? So yeah, yeah. it happened a long time ago. Um, in a galaxy far far away yeah no exactly oh my gosh just like star wars um but i do believe that the leveler was used on malachor at that sith temple and then after that the jedi were like girl this is no good because we do know that martian rose family has some connection to the jedi and had like teamed up with them or something and then got double crossed or whatever like there's something there so the idea of Martian Rose family having like the leveler or whatever his deal is, like having the leveler and then the Jedi seeing it happen and being like, oh, I don't think so. And then putting it away forever. And then Mark finally being like, yeah, I'm going to go get it. I think that that is very likely. Yeah, um, I, I've got a few things I, I want to say. I was just looking at my copy of The Rising Storm because I was listening to it today while I was driving home from work and um, Kufa, who is like Mark's fucking aunt says something his she cousin says, his cousin sorry. she's a girl boss don't disrespect I'm Koopa. So, sorry Koopa. rip Koopa. fly high legend um but she's talking about like the familial legacy of like the leg the leveler and like the rose and she says something to the effect of like it's something about like nothingness and null which i think is interesting I, I think that there could very easily in the Martian Row comic that's going to come out in uh, January, like having this conversation of Asgard choosing the Nihil because of because he's a bitch and is like, I love symbolism. My people like are are bringing nothing, not bringing nothing, like bringing nothing, but like are, are the absence of something. Um, and that's very interesting. Also, I find it very hateful that Bell perceives the Force as fire and Loden goes out as ash. It fucking hurts. I was just thinking about it and I'm trying not to cry. So The symbolism of that. Oh no, I'm gonna Kevin Scott. Cry. Kevin Scott, fucking meet me in the pit. Also, I am now thinking about the fact that the leveler is... Mark does say, for those of you who don't know Mark, Marcion wrote, um, Mark does say that like the leveler is not its real name, that that's just what they're calling it. I don't know if it's like a code or if it has an agent name, but I am like, I have been thinking a lot about like, what's the implications of the leveler? Because the idea of it being like, oh, it takes away force sensitivity. So it puts everyone on like a level playing field. No one's for if where no one's force, like no one's force sensitive. I'm also thinking, what if it like transfers it and it like takes it and it's like, um, you know, the, you know, the, <laughs> 
Incredibles where he's like, if no, if everyone's super, no one is. Hey, um, Ollie, I did just put in the chat, he giveth and taketh away. <laughs> um, but I am like, I am thinking because spoilers for Out of the Shadows, um, jumping ahead. So Mari Santeca does give whatever path to Vernestra. I am having a moment where I'm like, is Mark going to try to take that from her? Because I cannot deal with that. Get him away from her. Um, and we'll talk about that a little more when we actually move on to that book. But The um, High Republic Adventures, personally, I do enjoy it a little bit more than the main High Republic story. Not to say that I don't like that story because I really do. I think that there's just something very charming about them all being like little baby Padawans and like oh, like, nothing bad could happen to these little kiddos, right? Right? Thinking about that fucking image of Court and his broken-ass mask, and everyone was like, oh my god, he's dead. No, guys, he just got bigger. He's a little boy, <laughs> growing. Um, speaking of which, I'm obsessed with Court. He is my favorite character, I think, in all of Star Wars. <laughs> he's just, he's a, just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Court is so precious. Um, I do also want to say something very cool that this introduces us to is I think that this is really one of the first really deep looks into like what do the Jedi mean and what does force sensitivity mean to certain people and certain people in the universe because we know Zine does come from a people who are like force bad. Like keep the well, force sensitive out. Yeah, it's more like they didn't see the force as bad, but they're just like people who try to use the force. They're bad because the force is its own thing and we shouldn't mess with it. Yeah. And so Zine was like, fuck, I can use the force, but that's bad. I should not do this. And I feel like that's really sad for her. So I'm glad she found the, the other Padawans, her GF. I did just realize that... <laughs> It's like an allegory for being gay. And oh my God. I mean, Zine was literally outed. And then Crix was like, I don't oh want to be friends God. with you anymore. Crix confirmed homophobe. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. We've solved it, guys. Oh my God. We've connected the dots. Oh yeah. This is a story about a gay girl, like learning that like, it's okay to be gay. <laughs> yeah, I love that for her. She and all her little gay friends <laughs> On the Starhopper. Also, I did not realize Furzala was supposed to be a Zygerian until I did Google it. Um, I knew that, I think Mel or Jess, someone had told me that there was a Zygerian when I read them. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, where was the Zygerian? No, I and remember I like, me and Mel texting each other because Mel was just like, wait, Furzala's a Zygerian? I was like, huh? And then the two of us oh being like, what? But I think you were still reading something else at the time. You yeah. weren't at that point. He just looks like a large, furry Evan Peel. But yeah, I do really like uh, the High Republic Adventures. I also think it introduces us to a lot of very fun characters. Um, two of my favorites, one we've already referenced um, in Master Cantum Psy, um, who is very epic. Um, also, uh, Torban, Buckets of Blood, Buck, my icon, who I love dearly. Cantum Psy's epic boyfriend. <laughs> Truly, listen. I will, I will push the agenda of Cantum Psy slash Buckets of Blood. I will be the one to to um captain that ship. Let's do it. I'm on board. I'm jumping on the ship with you. Um, but yeah, it is really cool. I know um the the High Republic comic writers did say here, have some they thems. 
good enjoy this is for you hello lgbt community anyways <laughs> um yeah so uh, cantum sai i am obsessed with them i also in in the most recent issue of the high republic adventures we do find out that they are yoda's padawan or they were yoda's padawan and that is a lot I just want to bring up fucking Mark and and Crix. That oh, we should probably talk about <laughs> Yeah, uh, a single mom who works two jobs, Marcian Rowe. Like he, it does really seem like I know this is more spoilers for like the more recent issues of High Republic Adventures, but like it does really seem like Mark is training Crix to be like his successor. <laughs> the fact that they have like matching outfits too, I fucking hate both of them so goddamn much. Marciano is gay and homophobic, right? We all agree on that? Yeah. I think it's because, like, the internalized homophobia, because I do think Asgard was really homophobic, and yeah. since Mark is gay, fuck, <laughs> he's just dealing with that, with his shitty dad being like, no son of mine is gonna be gay. And fucking Mark being like, I'm not gay. <laughs> fuck gay people but at the same time he's like fuck gay people <laughs> fuck gay people Ugh. oh my god oh god and that's why Crix oh is god. homophobic but Crix is god just Crix is just homophobic yeah Crix is just Crix does have Crix does have nor slash mall in his bio so that is the problem with Crix I believe is that because these are all children in the the high republic adventures I do kind of picture him as like this middle school like like Fortnite derogatory kid um where he like is listening to chug jug the epic remix and is like i am going to be homophobic because i think it's funny and then he like his his bff is gay and he's like oh i can't hang my mom said i can't hang out with you anymore because you're gay i do also like him listening to chug jug like he thinks it's very funny he's like i think like he just he likes that song and then zine is like oh yeah that's his favorite song then zine comes to starlight beacon is hanging out with them and like farzala and court put that song on like their funny like meme playlist and it plays and she's like i knew someone and this was his favorite song and they're like oh i'm so sorry so they put on that minecraft remix it's like creeper oh man and she's like this was his other favorite song see i do think that farzala and court are like for fortnite players positive which seems like strange to say because I don't know if there is a positive to Fortnite. Oh, come on. Don't be anti-gamer. I'm not being anti-gamer. I'm just saying, Fortnite, why were you the reason that we got the Palpatine return speech? What? Yeah, did you not know? Okay. So so um I'm so sorry I thought thought you guys knew. So in the sequels like we you, you know we skip to like oh Poe saying somehow Palpatine returned Palpatine's speech where he returns is lit was released in Fortnite yeah fuck I forgot I, I fucking erased I'm this from kidding. my memory but yeah. now oh you unlocked God. it yeah so there's that anyway that's deeply upsetting thank you another uh thing I wanted to bring up before we move to crash point uh was we mentioned this in the beginning but fucking Yoda dipping out it wasn't like where did he go like him and like the the other old men from like zine and and crix's little like village they're just like we gotta go on our like um old person adventure goodbye they and went to the beach from old <laughs> but we've never 
never seen them again. It's been a fucking year. Yoda, where did you fucking go? They fucking ask. They're like, oh, man. Or they bring it up, right? Where they're just like, man. Yeah, they're like, is Master Yoda fucking gone? Yeah, and Cantum Sai and Buckets of Blood are like, um, yeah, we do not know where he is. There's just something very funny about that gentleman. I I think it also would be pretty epic if he's just like on fucking, oh god, what? I'm a fake Star Wars fan. I'm trying to remember, is it Dagobah that Yoda's on in... (laughs) Both just go to <laughs> They're just like having like on a vacation. They're like they're like refurbishing Yoda's hut for when he has to use it later on in his life. I do like the concept of this being Yoda who's been to the world between worlds and does know he's going to end up marooned on Dagobah. So he's like, hmm, set up my beachfront property, you must. Fucking, I feel so bad for that old man. He's just like, I'll tell you all these secrets about this shit, Crix, because you're the only one I have. And Crix is like, yeah, go ahead, tell me. And then at the first chance, Crick's fucking guy was just like, yeah, uh, that calm link you found, that's not mine. <laughs> that's his. And I know all this man's like secrets. So take me in, Mark. Mark's small legion of child soldiers is very upsetting to me because you have Crix and then also, them. yeah, two of them. <laughs> I just hate that he has like his like adoring children, child fans, Nan and Crix. The fucking Martian Row fan club of fucking Crix and Nan is upsetting. Every, every adult who knows him close fucking hates him. Like every, all of the temp, all of his, the Tempest runners are like, I hate, like, like none of them like him. None of them liked his dad. Like I think his whole family may just be rancid. I'm just saying Pan Etta tried to unionize and then got his shit rocked. And I think that's hateful. You're wrong. There was one adult that liked him, but he's dead now. It was the burn. Booty <laughs> dis. Dis being like, oh, it's okay, Marcion. I still like you. That is how he sounds in the audiobook for those of you who do yeah. not listen to Okay, <laughs> I was about to say, I I listened to part of the audiobook. I think like the like middle. I I listened to an audiobook because I was doing laundry. So you doing that voice was deeply upsetting. I do love oh, Mark Mark I, Thompson, but his <laughs> some of his voices really do make the book hard to listen the, to. The especially best. especially when it's Martian Row. His Martian Row voice is very good, but his Martian Row voice, his Kufa voice, and his Diz voice all together were psychic damage to me. He is the canon Martian Row voice because the Tempest Runner audio drama. But uh, Y'all are sleeping on the best part of Mark Thompson's performance of the audiobook, which was the United song. The song that's play epic song that plays uh during the fucking would fair. You, would you I perhaps can, which canonically Porter Ingle does have stuck in his head? And the fact that <laughs> it is playing in the background while the Nile are fucking attacking the fair. Yeah. And still just hear that song playing that's what mark use plays to load in to torture him we are one we are many we are me we are you <laughs> so much joy so much love so much peace it is true from distant worlds distant planets we stand together and sing the future's bright and united let the galaxy ring so that is it in yeah. times two speed um i will admit <laughs> to the fact that I when I have been driving home from work recently, I have been kind of going like, 
we are one, we are many, we are we, we are you. So much joy, <laughs> so, so good. Much so much peace it is true like I have memorized the entire song unfortunately but yes. I only know it in times to speed <laughs> because of how the the whole lore for that is because when I uh I didn't have the physical copy of of the rising storm when I first like went through it so I just listened to the audiobook but I was speed running so I was listening at two times speed and when I got to that part I was like what the fuck there's a song in this book and it made me feel insane so I did record that part and then post it on Twitter <laughs> so it's so everyone um learned about that at two times speed and they're just like oh <laughs> that's how that sounds it really speaks to me because it does just remind me of it's a small world because I think that's basically what Kevin Scott was trying to parody I think, right yeah Absolutely. and so just like <laughs> It's a small world. Porter Angle humming It's a Small World as he fights people to death is very funny. Um, POV, the last thing you see, uh, you're on Hill, and the last thing you see is Porter Angle humming that song, um, bringing his lightsaber down on your head. <laughs> the Blade of Bardota is singing, has prepared a song for you. Anyway, okay, that. let's finally go the Crash Point Tower now, I guess. Our um, race to Crash Point Tower was not a race. We walked there very slowly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say during that Nihil attack, this is like, okay, so once again, because I was speed running, I feel very bad because I listened to it and I do know that I enjoyed it very much. But like, uh, there are only, there are some plot points that just are, are lost to the, the sands of time for me because the one thing I can very distinctly remember in that book is ram being like why are you incarcerating me like please i am a jedi i have to tell people like if they had just listened to that fucking 14 year old boy like it'd be like hey guys i do think something bad's about to happen valo would be i wouldn't say fine but better than how it is now elzar's vision should have shown him ram getting put in jail like honestly if that had happened instead of his stupid vision where everyone's all dead or whatever Wow, that was so eloquent of me. Dude, Elzar's stupid mission or ever vision where everyone's all dead or whatever. Um, but if it had just shown him a little boy in jail, he could have been like, oh, hold on. I gotta save my boy. I've lost my boy. I'm, I'm fucking thinking about like, because yeah, same with like Mel, where I only remember like kind of major plot points of that book or like all the other smaller details. I also don't fucking remember. But I do distinctly remember the part where like Ram is trying to to send a message and that fucking cop is just like no and he's like please please I'm a Jedi he's just like you don't look like a fucking Jedi he's just like I I swear please and he tries to do the fucking mind trick but the, the cop it doesn't even fucking work it's only like half working or he's just like we need to like send the message he's like I have to do this he's like what no he's like you need to let me through he's just like i have to i have to do this me the cop is and ram's just like what like i guess this is as best as it's gonna get but he still gets thrown in jail so poor ram i think something also very interesting about that that part of the book is this is the other scene i really distinctly remember because of how it's kind of different in the rising storm um ty and ram breaking out of of jail felt very different and maybe it was just how things were being described because it's a middle grade book and so like I don't want to say it's like not as complex but like 
I had a much more <laughs> I had a much more clear idea of what was going on during that fight. I also felt like Ram and I don't know if this is just like a, a thing about like point of view and because Ram is our point of view character um he is decided to tell the story wherein he is the one actively getting them out of prison and ty is just like oh thanks kid anyway see you later loser um and then helps him with the dragon later or some shit um but i i feel like in the rising storm ty is much more like oh fuck i have to go save this fucking kid now anyways bye yeah that it really could just be ram <laughs> From his point of view, he's like, I am the competent one here. When <laughs> the truth is actually Ty. Ty is like, so true, bestie. Thank you so much for helping me. Anyways, I'll see you later, my my best friend. If this were Star Wars English class, we could talk about, you know, unreliable like narrator or whatever the term is. I'm so sorry, Julian, for that I'm forgetting. Please don't deduct this from my grade in Star Wars English class. Fuck, we're failing. Fuck. <laughs> no! I wake up in a cold sweat. I failed Star Wars English class! Um, the other part that I did want to talk about um, from Race to Crash Point Tower, um, because much like my co-hosts here, I also was speedrunning and Crash Point Tower, while I did enjoy it, um, I was reeling from <laughs> I was reeling from the end of the rising storm. I did want to talk about that little conversation though that really stuck with me was between Vernestra and Lula, where Lula was like, dang, how do I not feel like some sort of loser? Like, even though I'm doing very well, I feel like I'm not doing well enough. And it was a very, like, good description of, like, imposter syndrome. Um, And I think that's something I continue to be impressed with with the middle grade books for the High Republic is I felt this a lot in A Test of Courage. It gave very... um, accurately talked about grief and different reactions to grief and this talked very much about how like what it means when you don't feel like you are right and what you're doing is not what you should be doing or you are not doing enough and I think that it's really interesting how it tackled that I almost wish it had dug into it just a little more um but I still feel like what it gave us was pretty accurate and I think it was really interesting to finally hear Vernestra talk to someone um about that and to have Lula be like dang you're very successful and Vern was like yeah that's not what she said but <laughs> you know she was like don't worry bestie like you you're you're not doing anything wrong it's not it's you like you're fine I'm now thinking of like this is entirely different point but still about the middle grade books but how they're like the only ones that really had like you know epic fun um, Star Wars trope of having a droid as like one of the main characters hanging out with them whereas the fun droids in like the adult and like young adult books the next book um <laughs> in the in in a, uh the fallen star it is just a story about stellan geos getting basically c-3po uh but in the high republic that is my fan theory i this could happen you mean because- oh that's that's where three cpo gets canonized fuck you <laughs> no i'm just thinking i am um, which podcast was that it was it's another one of the epic um fun star wars podcasts i'm pretty sure is like you know mutuals with us but they mentioned like you know anakin did not just like 
build C-3PO from the like ground up. He found the parts and just kind of put them back together. But C-3PO technically was around before that. <laughs> he was just like trashed. So Anakin was just like, well, let me just fix up this old droid I found. Because otherwise, how else would fucking C-3PO know all these like fucking languages and all this shit? You think Anakin just programmed that like little nine-year-old? I know he's supposed to be like special because uh, fuck George Lucas is bad writing. But no, I'm pretty sure C-3PO existed. So there's a chance that C-3PO is actually walking around in the High hey, Republic. New concept. C-3PO was Stellan Geos' droid. So C-3PO comes to like the Jedi Temple later in um, like once we get to the prequels era and <laughs> he's like talking about it. And I know he doesn't really remember, but he's like, yes, my first master was um, Jedi Master Stellan Geos and Obi-Wan's like does a spit take and he's like, oh, I love him. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with him. I'm his biggest. Oh my God. He's, and then he's like, what was he like? And C-3PO's like, I don't remember. I do not have that stored in my memory banks, bestie. That's why Bail Organa sends 3PO and, and R2 because he's like, okay, I know Obi-Wan's a Stellan Geos stand, so he'll he'll listen to the message of 3PO's with R2. Okay, sorry, it was the, the other podcast's Dark Side Diva. Shout out to them for they posted that little clip from their podcast on their TikTok, and that's how I learned that C3PO like existed before. Um, are we ready to talk now about Out of the Shadows? would love nothing more yes but out of the shadows is really good because justina ireland my beloved right giving us some good some good good content uh like with Vern again because you know Vern is my my bestie my favorite my special girl but then also was like here we go here's wreath and i was like yeah both of them i love it here two of them and then she did also you know give us epic epic girl boss Sylvester and her epic girl boss girlfriend Jordana so there's that thank you Justina Ireland Justina said you guys look like you need more girl bosses here you go girl boss honorary thank she you she also gave us some Lorna and then obviously Chansey too Sylvester's mom so there is so many epic girl bosses in this in this yeah. fucking book I guess you can also count um fucking xylan graphs like grandma if you want to <laughs> include her too yeah, and um and the um oh my gosh i cannot remember the name of his bodyguard his head of security oh, is yeah, also an then, epic girl boss technically frick well, i feel bad for forgetting is it name. sasha or basha maybe basha yeah and then um oh and then um um giras giras staros yeah giras yeah, and go. the cat avon's mom oh my god and the cat the cats oh yeah <laughs> Literally, so there's many girl bosses. Truly, thank we you so much, Justina. We also saw fucking Avar for like a little bit because Vern talked to her. And Yaddle, she canonized Yaddle. Thanks, oh. Justina. Well, technically, fuck. What was it? Yaddle was already mentioned. there. Okay, yeah. but we got we got some canon Yaddle lore at least that she was on a planet called Kronk. And she <laughs> also. What is with like? Like Yoda and Yaddle both be like, I'm going to be teaching these kids. Is that just like a thing with maybe their species or they're like more drawn to like teaching kids? Is Grogu going <laughs> to? Grogu is the one who was like, okay, re- revitalizes the Jedi. Okay, not Mandal- Yoda. Yoda's Mandalorian <laughs> history of wanting to take care of a child is now <laughs> kicking in. 
<laughs> Yoda is the Mandalore. Also, oh my Yaddles god. just speaks fucking normally Yoda. Where the fuck do you speak like, speak like that? But yeah, there's a lot of girl bosses in um Out of the Shadows. There's also, dare I say, quite a few boy bosses. Xylan Graf <laughs> is a boy boss. Oh, Xylan Graf, my fucking enemy. Um, speaking of Xylan Graf, um, we did, so this is not speaking of him because I don't know his, I don't pretend to know his sexuality. Um, but we did get some confirmed uh, members of the LGBTQ community. Um, one of the main POV characters and one of the drivers of the story I mean, the driver is Sylvester Yarrow, who is a lesbian and is like her relationship with Jordana is like the focal point of the story. So it's really cool to see um, like a, a same sex relationship be the, like the literally the focal point of the story and one of the main drivers of what's going on. And I am obsessed with that. I do like think it was very good, like representation too because yes it it was like a big part of her story was her relationship with Jordana but it also wasn't like I feel like it was done tastefully or it wasn't just like a like I am gay being gay is my whole personality kind of like deal like some writers tend to do with like here's your representation and then like no one got fridged which is good so it wasn't like the sad lesbian troops so that that was very good but it still was like this is like part of my identity and like what is like driving some of my like my motivations I guess for like this story um I will say that I one of my favorite parts of Star Wars that we don't we don't have a whole lot of information about um that I think the High Republic has been doing a little bit of of delving into is like how non force users see the force and like uh, interact with it um and jordana sparkburn like she believes in the force but she's not a force user and i there's something i don't know i i was like jordana sparkburn first of all i'm obsessed with you i'm in love with you um i totally get Sylvester's like damn it damn it she's hot jordana jordana sparkburn is something that can be so personal yes god damn it and she also has her epic um cat that could kill you so that's a very lesbian thing to do of her i love that she said i i'm committing to the bit and i'm getting a violent cat i also like that Imri's like his <laughs> he has two arcs and story arcs in this in this book arc one is like oh figure out like what's your deal with like like being an empath but also he wants to pet that goddamn cat so badly <laughs> yeah i never related to Imri more <laughs> like i really like was like I kidnapped this boy at like after reading a test of courage and then this book I was like holy shit yeah I kidnapped this boy I also want to pet animals that fucking will kill me no Emery is like so I also like I liked Emery after test of courage but this book really made me be like dang Emery is very special little boy he's a very special guy like I love that they made him like an empath but he's not like all knowing what to do about emotions because I think a lot of the times in stories where they have someone who is very empathetic be it like they are actually have some sort of supernatural ability that gives them empathy or if for whatever reason they're just empathetic um but a lot of the time that's portrayed as being like I'm understanding what you're going through so let me tell you how to fix it Emery 
he's like, I, I know what you're feeling. I don't know how to control it. And I do not understand it, but I do know what gay people are. I have heard of gay people. Vernestra, stop trying to mansplain being gay to me. Um, but I do really like that he's like learning how to be a good empath. And I think that's a very powerful. Another thing with like Emery being relatable is like him going to a crowded place and then feeling overwhelmed. I know it's because he is feeling everyone's emotions. So obviously he's just like, oh God, what the fuck do I do? Or, and for me, it's just like, oh God, there's so many people here and I hate being around people. But, uh, you know, very relatable moment for Emery and yeah, him having to learn how to control his empath abilities. Whereas Vern is also trying to learn some like shit because she's also going through some stuff. I, I, I really loved Emery's like just vibe in this story. I think he is one of the best portrayals of like a teenage boy in Star Wars because not only is he like dealing with like like processing his emotions and the emotions of others around him and like struggling with that um i i think here in the real world not to quote padme amidala um but like you know i i think that there is like this this concept of like teenage boys teenage boys are just like that like they're just like mean and rude and like stinky and while that can be true i think also that like they're also like learning how emotions work just like the rest of us and because of the society we live in they're taught like you know we not to be a joker on main but we live in a society and so for 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 Imri who does not live in that same society like he is able to like process like his own emotions and the emotions of others around him and and empathize with that um so I love that I also love that he is like a hungry teenage boy like that scene where he like first of all (laughs) yeah he's just like I'm going to town please I'm so hungry (laughs) Vernestra only (laughs) lets me eat (laughs) <laughs> fucking fruit roll-ups please um that's my head canon anyways um oh also another relatable emory moment is uh, fucking emory having hero crush on avor chris because me too emory me too i mean i don't want to not to be controversial um avor chris sexy don't call me Elzar man <laughs> call but... me Elzar man because i think avor chris is pretty hot yeah, basically. I also like that. Um, sorry, now I'm just thinking about. I'm thinking about that like whole like interaction on on the Starlight Beacon, and then them leaving the Starlight Beacon, and that that fucking guy, that Cloud Man, was like, "Vern, you are not allowed to drive. Gay people are not allowed to drive with the Starlight Beacon. I'm so sorry." Okay. The fact confirmed LGBTQ community member Stellan Geos. He also cannot drive. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Like my master also- before me. Yeah, and this is also the book that did confirm that Vern is part of the LGBT uh, community because she was like, yeah, I do not feel like sexual or romantic attraction. So canon arrow ace Vernestra Rowe. That's also, I think, very cool is a lot of the times, like, I think we we talked about this in the last Rogue Ones where we talked about Leox, a lot of arrow ace people, um, and I don't know if Leox is arrow, but I think... um, the point still is important is there's a lot of arrow ace people who are like either betray- portrayed as being like emotionless and like robotic almost but yeah, you like have attached char- yeah exactly but you do have characters like Vernestra who are just like just an epic girl boss like she's just very cool and she's like a very complex regular character with 
you know, strong emotions and deep connections to those around her. And I think that's like, it's really cool. I think it's really good representation. Speaking of representation, <laughs> do we want to get to, um, we haven't talked a lot about Comac and Wreath. Um, Wreath, I really think Wreath is good representation for heterosexual people. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's what I was, that's actually what I was going to talk about because his crush on Vernestra, um, did make me laugh very hard. I did make a meme. Um, I made a meme, but I made an image of like that Facebook post where the guy is like, it's a picture of a girl and a guy and the guy comments and he's like, oh my gosh, we look so much like a couple here. And the girl comments a couple of besties. That is literally reason. That is canon because Justina Ireland did like that tweet. So. She yeah. did and she responded too. So she she did say like, <laughs> this made me laugh. And I'm like, thank you so much, Justina. I appreciate you canonizing this. I do think that Wreath is good representation for transgender straight people. Period. <laughs> no, you are so true. Absolutely. I agree with that because as someone who is like non-binary and like trans, and, and Kins reads I would like for him to also be like trans or non-binary. Now speaking of the other other representations oh, yeah. of, that, of that master one situation. Um Comac girl, what are you doing? Okay, now to be fair, this is this is the, the defense I will give. Maybe he wasn't like checking out Xylan Graph, but rather he was like just like looking at his outfit and being like, "Ooh, I'm I'm into your style." But I do think that Comacvitus did check out a 22 year old. Speaking of something that did also happen at the beginning of this, is there is a reference when they're like, "Oh yeah, Comac's gonna be here." There's a reference to the fact that there's a rumor that Comac was in love. Um, <laughs> he was in is- love with Cantum Psy. <laughs> I God, I mean, period. Who is everyone is just in love with Kantum Sai? Not not Comac and Buckets of Blood having beef because both of them are because <laughs> because they they both are are deeply in love with Kantum Sai. Oh, oh, Comac. I I also just I don't know. I think I would. I just want. I want a book where we get to have more Comac Wreath adventures. I I agree with you, Mel, about wanting a book with more um Comac and Wreath because they were in this book, but like, it was more about our epic girl bosses, Vernestra and and Silvestri. So like, it'd be nice because I want to know what the fuck's going on with Wreath and Comac, because. To my understanding, Comac never fucking, he still hasn't fucking dealt with his past drama. So I want to know how that is affecting his relationship with Reef as like master Padawan shit going on. And also, no, fuck, fucking Nan and Reef, like brief interaction in this book where Nan is just like, God damn it, Reef, why are you here again? This book first is bringing up like, you know, the, the device to pull things out of hyperspace which, you know, we see doesn't get, like, even officially, like, up and running or, like, until, like, 200 years later in, like, current Star Wars stuff. So, like, this is the beginning of that technology coming yeah. into to, to play. And I thought that was pretty amazing, again, tying things in. I am thinking also about about Chansey, Chansey Yarrow, um, and her epic girlfriend... <laughs> Lorna D um they are I want to see them kiss very badly um I mean listen 
also first of all sick uh thrawn alliances reference uh with the gravity well um i cannot believe that chancy yarrow was the one who paved the way for that anyway i'm so sorry please go on please talk about auntie lorna you can do it pave the way put your back into it tell us why show us how look at you now Martian and all the Republic can fucking suck it. Anyways, um, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry, Bo Burnham. This is my formal apology. Anyways, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Sylvester Yarrow calling Lorna D auntie. Like, <laughs> like, after the whole incident happened, Stellan is like, okay, so I do have to do, like, a, a, an exit interview with you. Just, like, make sure that we have on our reports like everything that happened can you like recount this and she's like yeah and then i like ran into auntie lorna and he's like who (laughs) i'm also i'm so sorry but is calling like an adult like a friend of your parent auntie or like a friend of someone like an adult being like yeah this is my friend and like what do i call him like uh auntie is that not very gay of being like I don't really know how to explain what being gay is to this child so just call them they're just your aunt I'm so sorry that screams that screams fruity to me and I do like like mother like daughter WLW um <laughs> Chansey and Silvestriaro that's very yeah, powerful I love that too also Chansey teaching Nan to be her own girl boss like her being like you don't need Marcian Rowe go be your own girl boss <laughs> Go do epic things, because fuck Marcian Rowe. Although I do worry that Nana's going to go back to him, like, after learning shit. She's like, yeah, I've learned how to be my own girl boss, but now I'm going to go back to my bestie, Mark, and kick Crix's ass and prove that I'm the better of us two. I'm going to punch a kid in the face, <laughs> not clickbait. Um, I Yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about, like, the ending of of out of the shadows and where it kind of leaves us because we have the audio drama um tempest runner which we're not talking about this episode uh because there's just so much there um and then edge of balance and then we're gonna have like the comics and that is it up until the fallen star and i'm i've just been thinking about that a lot of like so we we left that book in a in a place where i was like okay like sure things are fine but like is is there going to be another time jump how much time are we going to be be spending in the High Republic, I guess, is is my bigger question. Because we've already spent two years of this period. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good question. Um, and I mean, I, I think that there's also a really big question, too, of we know at the end of Out of the Shadows, Mari Santeca, rest in peace, queen, she does pass away and give Vern, like, I guess give her the paths or give her like one final path or she something. she sings she sings the sings the path by Lord. <laughs> Period. I do love um I it gives her like secret path. I don't think she gave Mark. She's just like here, this is between two girl bosses. Yeah. So I do first of all, I do think something that is deeply troubling to me um that I cannot stop thinking about is the idea of Mark somehow becoming okay, you guys remember that scene from the end of Light of the Jedi, where Mark is like, he's talking to Loden, and Loden's like, my name's Loden Greatstorm, and he's like, oh, your last name's Greatstorm? That's so funny, because our whole thing is, like, storm-based. I'm really worried that there's going to be a scene where Martian Rowe has Vernestra, 
and he's like, what's your name? And she's like, Renestra Rowe. And he's like, oh my God, your last name's Rowe. My last name is also Rowe. Uh, now the road. To, time for me to use the leveler on you. So I am extremely worried um, that or he's going to try to put her in the pickle in the Mari Santeca pickle jar. No, no um, pickle burn. But I guess the question I have too is like, how, oh, she's green. No. <laughs> um, but the question too is how long is Mark going to be able to be like recycle paths before the other Nihil are like, hey, um, what's up? I like it all just kind of being like drawings that Mari did and like one of them is just like a little smiley like it's like two stick figures and they're like holding hands and it's like Mari and Mark. I was okay when I was re-listening to Light of the Jedi there's that scene it's the first scene that we see with Mari um, where Mark is like she's the closest thing I have to a family. I'm going to electrocute her now like five times in a row. And I was like fuck you dude. Yeah he does the fucking so angry like dude he just progressively is just like fuck you fuck you fuck he has problems it's the same thing with what happened to his dad where he fucking stomped on his like face like five times to kill him why are mark and kylo not in like the same aggression like counseling like someone someone help these men please truly oh my god we've cracked the code that's what makes them not poor little meow meows violent outbursts that's it I also like the idea of um, Kylo Ren goes into the world between worlds and pops up in the High Republic and they're like, first of all, he ends up on a Maxine station and is like, huh? He's like, wait, I've been here before. I've been here before. And then Mark is like, hello, Kylo. Would you like to go to counseling together? And then they do. He's like, no, fucking Mark uses the leveler on Kylo Ren. Okay. Um, that's like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of those like YouTube videos that are like, who would win in a fight? That's one I would watch. Um, cause I do think it'd be very funny. Um, I do like, I do like, um, boy boss versus boy boss. Um, Mark versus Kyle cage match. <laughs> I do Mark like no force, Kyle. no lightsabers who wins. I, okay. I will say if no force, obviously Mark, right? Yeah. I just unfortunately think that like both of them are nepotism babies to some like level, but I do think that Mark is just like genuinely evil and I do think that Kylo is like not to be like oh he's misunderstood misguided but like he was like manipulated Kylo is being manipulated and Martian is the manipulator welcome to my TED talk (laughs) I do I agree with that yeah I do as well I do think that um I do just like the idea of Martian Roe and and Kylo being like I am the grandson of Darth Vader I will show you the power of the dark side. And then Martian was like, <laughs> anyway, and just kicks him to the curb. Curb stomps Kylo Ren. Do you want to see my fucking crazy ass dog? Speaking of his crazy ass dog and fucking out of the shadows, the fact that they took Imri and Reef and they're just like, yeah, we're going to send these two Jedi boys to Mark because he needs them for some reason. He was going to yeah. fucking test the leveler on these two boys. And- Nan snuck into prison to be like, what the fuck, Reef? Are we doing this again? Oh my god. Also, I did totally forget. I mean, I didn't forget, but the idea of testing the leveler on Reef and Imri is so deeply upsetting. Yeah, like, Like, they just left the other, like, Vern and Comac. They're like, we'll take these two teenage boys. Why not? They're like, these two seem too too good. (laughs) 
Okay, two like, things. I've just occur- that just occurred to me. Where was Comac during that like final battle? Like, what was he doing? What was he up to? Wasn't he like getting a ship? Or oh, something? okay, okay. I, I was tr- I was trying to yeah, remember what was he doing. <laughs> I do think it'd be very funny if he was just like he was like I need to take a, a cigarette break. I'll be right back. He's like, like you I... kids can deal with this. So <laughs> the be night- in the car. The Niho broke my vape rig. I have to go replace it. <laughs> um, no, okay. So I am also thinking, and this is very funny in my head, but it's very disturbing actually said aloud because um, we do know of like what the leveler does, at least to Bell Zetafar and Loading Great Storm. I do like the idea of the leveler being just like this big, like, um, like uh, Lovecraftian evil force taker away or dog creature. And I do enjoy the idea of Imri and Wreath just like running away from him, like like Let's children running away you. from him. Or like the fucking sandlot. <laughs> um, I do Anyways. like I do like the idea of it being this weird animal and Imri's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Come and here, buddy. Like, don't don't fucking touch but the that. idea, the idea that he pets it and it's like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, it likes you. And then he looks over at Marcian Row and he's like, your move, bitch. He Emery. just wants pets. That's he just how they pets. Mark. Because That's... Emery pets the leveler and the okay. leveler's like, you know what? I Wait, like this kid. Emery Elzar pet petting zoo adventure when? POV. Vern would your... never let Emery st- hang out with us. I... His step his step grandpad one. You wouldn't let him hang out? Oh. <laughs> Vern. So he's just like, no offense, Master uh, <laughs> Uncle Elzar. <laughs> It's kind of she calls uh, she calls him uncle in the same way that Sylvester called Lorna aunt. Yeah. Um so I would like to like uh bring my my updated kin list to the table now that we are basically up to date with high republic content we're missing like you know one or two things um pov i actually kin uh whatever the fuck stellan geos is doing in the life day book. Um no that's not true. My updated kin list is basically the, still the same thing. I kin Keeve, I kin Bell, um, to some unfortunate large extent, Honesty Weft. Um, <laughs> I think also characters I kin with the with the, the newer stuff are characters like. Um, I think there's something to be said about Farzala to some lesser extent. I I do enjoy that gentleman and his kind of journey journey that he goes on in the high republic adventures um oh ty york holy fucking shit i love ty york so much um not i don't know if i kin her per se but i am obsessed with that woman so much see i will also give my updated kin list um again it's very similar i think i think i might like to some extent i don't know if i do at this point in my life but i think there was a time where i would have kin lula um the the sort of imposter syndrome gifted kid um, is very real for me and not to be like, I was the, in the gifted and talented program. <laughs> but like, I think there is very much something about that. Like the way that she talks about imposter syndrome is very good um, and very interesting and very relatable. Um, I also really do like the High Republic Adventures, how it focuses so much on like the power of friendship, um, which I just, I really love that. And I love Lula's take on that and her place in that story i also will say probably my new um wave two number one kin is my man stellan geos um and that is for one reason 
And I realized it at this one reason was in the rising storm in one of the early chapters when Stellan is on the call with Elzar and Smear is in the room and they're having that conversation about how like how they want to structure who's protecting the Republic fair. Um, and they get off the call and Smear is like, geez, I met a lot of Jedi, but that guy's that guy's intense. And Elzar's like, oh no, he just likes things done a certain way. And she's like, he's kind of annoying. I'm like, oh my God, same. Like I always am like, oh my God, I bet everyone's thinking that about me. Um, but that was like, I was like, oh, can't help but can't help but kin this man. Um, but I also am obsessed with Elzar Man. So, you know, I also do kin that. Um yeah, I don't know. I just something about him, something about the way that 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 he uh, he goes through it. I do very much respect that. I also very much like respect his struggle because in Out of the Shadows, when Vernestra's like goes in to talk to him, she's like, "Damn, you good?" Uh, and he's like, mm, "Not really, but I actually have. I am too busy to be ill right now." So which I can respect. I'm like, yeah, got a lot going on. My kin list, I'm pretty sure is the same because all of the characters I kin in the High Republic stuff were already introduced in Wave 1. So, but I guess I could like talk about it because I listened to our, our Rogue One before and I realized I didn't actually like go into to detail about why I kin these characters. So like refresher, my, my kin list is... Uh, Wreath Silas, Belzedifar, Emery Canteros, and Elzar Man. But, you know, Wreath, uh, just, uh, just a lad who was like, I want to just stay home. Mom, please don't send me to the fucking frontier. I don't want to move out, out to the who knows where. Please just leave me here. Uh, and I found that very relatable, but also in the sense that I, I also... If someone were like telling me like nice like things and being like, wow, I'm so interested in what you're saying, I think I wouldn't be able to shut up too. So like that moment with fucking Reeve and Nan in into the dark was relatable for me too. And then Emery just like I said earlier when we were talking about Emery in like out of the the shadows, everything with Emery. Yeah, that's my my special boy, him and Vern, the special children. And then Elzar, I just, something about Elzar, man, is very relatable to me, where I also go through it and then don't tell anyone. I'm so sorry. That's such a bad trait. But uh, yeah. I do I'm, hate that both of us also had that, because I basically said the same thing as to why I can <laughs> So I love that for us. And then, um, like Elzar, I also am in love with Avar and Stellan. So why do I kin Bell? I think <laughs> I don't remember why I kin Bell, but I just found Bell so relatable when I first related to him. Uh, come back to me on that. Eventually, I'll I'll remember why I kin Bell. There was reasons, and uh, actually, now I remember the the hidden the hidden kin, the hidden kin. <laughs> I have mentioned this before too, but it is it is the problematic kin of Jess and and Marcian Rowe shaking hands, <laughs> and it is only because uh, of my terrible like father issues and also slight anger issues that like none of the pod hosts have actually fully like seen. And yeah, the, those are my kins. I'm sorry. 
apologize for kidding. No, I apologize for kidding Marcian Rowe because it is shitty. Don't apologize for party rocking. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't apologize for being for being a Katy Perry stan. No, Kasav is a Katy Perry stan. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's Kasav. Sorry. Uh, who do no. I think? Of, like I, who, who does Marcian Rowe stan? I Lord. said on the on the Twitter oh. because I said Marcian Rowe is an ABBA stan because I stan ABBA. So I was like, Marcian Rowe also likes ABBA by extent because we are the same person. I, that's valid. I think that that's fair. It seems like something he would. I do love the idea of Marcian Rowe really like his favorite movie is Mamma Mia. But yes. he doesn't want to tell anyone about it. Because he's embarrassed. He tells his bird boyfriend about it and then kills him. Oh, yeah. No. See, and then, that's... and then, <gasps> that, okay, that video where that Pan Ada shows the other Tempest runners about him, like talking about Mari, but it's just him saying that Marcian Rose's favorite, <laughs> favorite movie is Mamma Mia. I realize another reason Mark, I relate to Mark. Um, Mark has his bird boyfriend, and my one of my favorite games is Hotful Boyfriend, which, if you all don't know, is the fucking bird dating sim. <laughs> It's a really deep game. Trust me. There's like a hidden true ending that's really fucked up. Wow. Talk about fucked up endings just like the rising storm. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the second wave of the High Republic. And thank you for sticking with us these last couple episodes post badges. We could get a hold on the front of the pod now. If you enjoyed this, leave a review on Apple Podcast, even if it isn't your podcatcher, because it really helps us out. Follow us at Rupalps Podrace on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher. And may the force be with you, and don't prefer it up. Ride the storm, besties. Ride the storm, besties. We are one, we are many, we are me, we are you. So much joy, so much love, so much peace, it is true. From distant worlds, distant planets, we stand together and sing. The future's bright and united, let the galaxy ring.